sing your song again whatever may pass and whatever lies before me let me be singing when the evening comes bless the Lord bless the Lord oh my soul
church, what an awesome, what an awesome like song it is. It talks about ten thousand reasons, and how many more reasons do we need to know that how big our God is and how much He loves us? I think there's way more than ten thousand reasons. But yeah, I, I don't think I can count higher than ten thousand. But we'll give it a go. But um, what we're going to do now is I'm just going to welcome you guys to prayer, if that's okay, and then you can have a seat. If not, keep standing. I don't mind. But Lord, uh, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to sing of songs like this, Lord. Songs that speak about how awesome you are, Lord. And we want to we want to honor you. We want to thank you, Lord. So Lord, most of all, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you. We say thank you for another beautiful day. And Lord, we thank you for uh, whatever whatever comes this week, Lord. We uh, we say bring it on, because our God is bigger. So in all this, we pray. Amen. Amen. So like I said, guys, have a seat, keep standing, dance. Um, we welcome you to do all of those things. In case you're guessing, um, and if you don't know, my name's Ashley. I'm the team leader of Intermediates here. I've got, I've got some fans, but um, I don't like to brag. I like to stay humble. But um, church, we, are, we would like to welcome our guests. So if you are new to the church, if this is your first, second, third time, or forgot, but you keep coming here every Sunday, that's okay. Because uh, if you go just out the back doors over there, straight to the right, there's a gift bag there. There may or may not be chocolates in there. I don't know. It's a rumor. But we'd love it if you could go out there, grab a bag, and there'll be a friendly face there, I've been promised. But other than that, guys, we welcome everyone else as well. Welcome home. Um, and uh, let's get straight into it. Owen, if we could get ready for them birthdays. Has anybody had a birthday or wedding anniversary this week? I'm looking at this side because I'm like, anybody? No? No? How about this side? No wedding anniversaries, birthdays? No? Birthdays coming? Alright, who wants a chocolate? This side's a lot more humble. This side. There we go. There we go. Pastor Ray wants a chocolate, Owen. Keep him happy. Keep him happy. There we go. Panashi for basketball, I expected more from you. I'm disappointed, man. So church, yeah, if it is your birthday and you were just ashamed and a little bit shy, don't worry. Getting old is natural. Look at me. I'm still beautiful, I think. But otherwise, um, we'd also just like to let you guys know, Pastor Sharon and then Jan are away this Sunday. It's been rumoured that they spoke this morning in a Westside church in Christchurch. Um, I don't know if they're ministering tonight, but if, uh, as they do, we pray blessings upon them as a church, we, uh, and we, uh, we welcome them home when they do come home. But other than that, guys, we have the awesome, amazing opportunity to hear testimony. We love hearing how good God is, so we've got one of our youth, Jordan Landsberg, coming up now. So guys, give her a bit of encouragement as she comes up. Last weekend, I attended School of Spirit with my family. It was amazing. Um, God showed up in so many different ways through healings, words of encouragement, and prophecies. Um, and the list goes on as well, like so many different ways. Um, for me, I went there expecting to have very little of it actually be relevant to me. I find it hilarious how God instantly proved me wrong. 
I'm sorry, I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> after the first night, expectation for me was me sitting there and I was like, is God going to show me something? And then he did, he well and truly did. Um, he not only filled my cup up half, but he overflowed it. And you can be sure that he'll do it to everyone else. Um, that night I received healing. Um, thank you to God who worked through Peter, Jay and Sophia. My gland had been swollen on my right side because my wisdom's head coming out was so painful. And so they prayed for it and it was massive. Like you could see it just on the side of my face. And then it shrunk to the size of my thumbnail. And there was no pain at all. <laughs> and so um, then we prayed for Jay and Jay received healing in his knees. And it was a brilliant night. There were so many other healings. So yeah, so those of you who didn't go, I'd encourage you to go because God will show up. So yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, Jordan. Guys, keep it a little bit more, a little bit louder. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, Jordan's not wrong. School of the Spirit, guys, register now for next year. It's probably going to be the best two days you ever do. It, it is. And Owen and I will be there. So it's always a good reason to go. Church, we're going to get into a time of worship now. So I really encourage you, come down the front or worship where you are, but open yourselves up and let's, uh, let God move in your heart tonight.
Church, I don't feel like we've quite done, and I also don't feel like we're driving home like we should do. I don't feel like we we really are delivering it. I feel like we we can push more. Like we're limiting ourselves, and we serve a limitless God, so let us limit it. Let's give an unlimited praise to God. So if you guys could lead us from, let us become. And church, I challenge you, let go. Who cares who's to your left, who's to your right, who's in front of you, who's behind you? Let that echo off your heart tonight because you're singing to an amazing God. Your goodness, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your You are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, it's what our hearts are for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit.
Lord, let that be the cry of our hearts tonight. Let us become more aware of your presence, Lord. Let us experience just how great you are. Lord, Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit in, but let, let him show himself to us. Father, where there's healing that's needed tonight, Lord, let it be met. Lord, where, there's, where people present their needs to you, Father, tonight I pray that in 100%, amen, that it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but that, I, that, that was awesome. That I felt like, I really felt like no matter what was holding me back personally, I felt that I could let it go. I felt because I knew that, that the Holy Spirit, we ushered the Holy Spirit in with that song. And with that, there's nothing, there's nothing that can hold us back from That's it. So church, you can, uh, you can head on back to your seats, but I'm going to encourage you to stay standing. Um, that's uh, reason being is because uh, we, have, we have the privilege tonight. We have the honor of hearing from a uh, fairly young man who's, ser- who's served the church through name changes, youth name changes, many youth leaders, but himself was a leader and was a great honor to serve with him. But church, I just want you guys to give the biggest hand clap as if he's won the World Cup for New Zealand. This is Luke. Cheers, you can take your seat. Thanks for that. Uh, how are you all doing? That is good. Hey, it's my, my absolute privilege to get to share with you uh, this evening. So are you ready? Thanks for the wave. It's fantastic. Hey, uh, so uh, my name's Luke Ferber, uh, if this is your first time here, and uh, it's so good to have you here if it is your first time, and uh, my hope is that you get to know uh, us a little bit and uh, a little bit about this church, and so uh, I've, I've been on staff here for the last like five, six years, something like that, but that all ended uh, on Friday, and they still let me speak, so, um, so that's real good, and uh, so I, I've been leading the youth or been a leader within youth for the last 10 years. And, and uh, now I feel like, oh, thank you. Now I feel like it's time to head off and go do some studying. So that's what I'm going to do. And, and so it's my privilege to get to share with you uh, this, this evening. But before I do, um, I am the reigning king of Tempin Bowling. Last night, oh, I've got to mention, I'll get to the team, our team one as well. But I want to make it all about me, but first... Um, <laughs> so we had uh, the Thailand missions trip. Um, so there's a group of youth going to Thailand uh, in April next year. And uh, so that's going to be awesome. And, and uh, I just yeah, believe God's going to do incredible things. They're actually, a part of that trip, they're going to villages that have never heard the gospel before. And uh, so that's pretty incredible that we from this church get an opportunity to support young people and, and literally changing the world and, and spreading the gospel. So uh, you might not be going, your kids might not be going, but you need to be in every part behind them as possible. And so I did, I went temp and bowling uh, as my way of supporting them. And um, I won with 148. Yeah, they may have, no, nah, Jared was close behind me on 140 and so was Cohen as well, but they lost um, to me. 
And uh, my team as well, we got the number one team. And so I've just, we've just got lots of chocolate, uh, which, is, which is really exciting. Um, but I encourage you, get behind um, the Thailand mission trip. In one way, um, they just were, they're like, we're going to call you a useless leader for the last 10 years if you don't talk about Thailand auction night. So there's a Thailand auction night. Make sure you get to it. There's some awesome things up for sale. Um, there's, uh, there's free babysitting and a whole lot. So there's a flyer on your seat. Make sure you check that out. And there's somebody here that's going to be giving, um, auctioning up some swimming lessons. And uh, I've heard that person is exceptional, uh, just crazy good, and uh, you'll be blessed. Your kids will be blessed by those swimming lessons. Oh, his name's Luke. Um, they kind of start over the summer, and they run, and if you want to eat him, no, I won't, I won't start selling my little summer business to you. Uh, but, but make sure you get along. It's your chance to support um, some young people that are honestly going to make a difference uh, in, in this world in another country, and, and they're stepping out in faith to do it. So make sure you get involved with that. But I won some chocolate the other night because uh, we went bowling. Um, so that was really cool. And, and so I might give that away. And then on Wednesday night, I got given some lint chocolate. So that, that was really exciting too. But I guess kind of coming to the end of the season, um, it's, I've got to start thinking about different things. Um, my day-to-day activities, they're, they're all changing now. Um, I don't have to be uh, with youth as often, and, and my role within the church has changed. And, and tonight, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk a little bit about changing uh, your role or my role within the church and how that looks. The other thing I've been talking to um, the youth over the last few weeks as I'm finishing up is around value. And uh, everybody has value. And God gave me a picture kind of at the start of the year um, about a golden nugget, a golden nugget. And uh, this golden nugget was beautiful. And uh, as any golden nuggets are, they're extremely valuable. And uh, so I had this picture in my mind, and then as I was looking at this diamond, this diamond began to crack. This, oh, not diamond, sorry. This gold nugget started to crack. Before it cracked, I missed a really important point. The nugget symbolized human life. It symbolized my life, your life, a life. And so this golden nugget was there. It was beautiful. It was worth so much. And God said, yeah, it's human life. It's your life. It's other people's lives. And then the gold began to crack. I'm like, what's up with that? And under this golden facade, there was just this dirt. And I'm like, what's that all about? God clearly was taking me on a a journey going, man, there's so many people. We walk around in a society where it's all about we're trying to gain our value by making ourselves look good, right? Facebook's all about it. And and you've probably heard the... um, heard the thing before about how Facebook's all fake and all of that. Most of the time it is. But it's this facade. We're all trying to make ourselves look or feel more value. We're wanting to gain value from other people. We're wanting people to look at us and go, man, you are awesome. You are incredible. You're so valuable. You're so awesome. And so we, we create this facade to make that happen. But the problem is it cracks at some point, if it's false, it's going to crack. It's going to break down. And then under that, there was that dirt. So the gold, then the dirt. 
And then God started to brush away the dirt. He got rid of the dirt. And in the middle of this nugget, under this dirt, was this diamond. And God said, man, there's this, inside every single person, there's the most beautiful God-purpose diamond. That is 10 times the value that the, ne- the nugget ever was. And clearly God was telling me is that we need to be be people that doesn't try to grab our values from things or make our value, but we've got to rest in who God's created us to be in order to, to let that dirt go, to talk about it, and to be able to step into the fullness of the value you have. And value is super important when it comes to the church and our role in that. And so tonight, that's what I want to talk about is value and your role in the church. Because we can get to a really dangerous place if we're serving or our role in the church just comes from this false golden facade. Eventually it's going to crack. Eventually eventually it's going to end up in disaster. And it comes from a really bad and dangerous place. Because when you're serving from a golden facade, when you're serving to get value, then what you're doing is you, you, there's, there's a breakdown. And I'm going to read a story, and it's probably not quite as serious as, because um, this is kind of an extreme example from the Bible. But there's a story in the Bible where this happens. And, and Luke writes this book, uh, awesome guy, Luke. But Luke has written this book called Acts. And Acts is the story uh, of the early church, and it's found in uh, chapter 5. I'm not going to read the story out to you just for the sake of time, but it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And what's really crazy about their story is, is the early church has just started. This is just after the time of Jesus, and the early church has started and operating. And there's a group of, uh, there's some wealthy people and some, some poor people, and, and the church is growing stronger and, and building a really strong community. Ananias and Sapphira, they, they look at this, they're part of it, and they go, man, I want the praise that those rich, those people, are, those rich, those people that are selling everything, helping out, they're getting honored. People are looking at them and thinking they're awesome. They're giving stuff up for them. And I, I, we want some of that. And so Ananias and Sapphira sell their land. You're like, awesome. And then they give a portion of that to the church. And uh, they come before and... And when they say the portion, that's what they told them they had said the whole thing. Their heart was in the right place. The fact that they were giving a portion to help out, that was awesome. The problem was is that they were lying about it. They wanted to, wanted to get value from other people's opinions from what they were doing. It wasn't actually about love and about serving others. And so that's a danger that we can come into is when we're serving or we've got our place within the church that is about gaining or receiving value that ends up and can be extremely dangerous. I've got my chocolate here. Who would like some chocolate? Okay. I'm going to get Scott. You can come up and help me with this. Now, this is an illustration. So if you choose the wrong chocolate, you're going to blow my illustration, and I'm going to be a little bit upset um, because I don't really. So I've got Caramello here. It's about $2.50. And then I've got Lint Master Chocolatier. Um, They're like, uh, I haven't tried one yet, but they're really nice, like, truffles. 
and, and delicious. I suggest you choose this one and give it to your mum. I didn't say that. So which one would you like to choose? Good choice. You didn't destroy my illustration. So you can have that, and do you want to open it up and, and show everyone? We've got two bif- bits of chocolate. Oh, it's empty. Oh, I get to keep the caramello. <laughs> which, which one of these is more valuable? The caramello, absolutely, because it's got value on the inside of it. This has just got a nice-looking outward appearance. You can, you can take a seat, and... Um, I'll half it with you afterwards. I won that. That's my bowling chocolate. I actually took all the truffles out at home and put them into a container, so I still have them at home as well (laughs) to make things even better. (laughs) But the idea, right, it's when the facade doesn't actually meet what's behind it, right? The value is the chocolate. Uh, in the middle, but the outside does express what's on the inside, but the real problem we have is when the outside over, or it expresses uh, a lie that of what's in the inside, and I think we can be really dangerous, that can get really dangerous in um, looking at value. So fake value will equal fake purpose, will equal you serving or helping or being you for the wrong reasons. And so I'm going to um, talk from a passage of Scripture. It's uh, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And 1 Corinthians 12 is written by a guy named Paul. And uh, Paul's an awesome guy. He has his own story. He's, he's had a kind of epic journey. He's definitely got his dirt. That covered up his diamond. Is Paul was um, on the on a road. He, his dirt really is that he killed Christians. Um, like that's just what he did. And so Jesus met him on the road and and transformed his life. And he went on to do incredible things for the church, uh, for Christianity. And uh, we've had the privilege of reading some of his letters that he wrote. Um, to some of the early churches. And this is a letter that we've got. And so it's in the New Testament of the Bible. And this letter is to the church of Corinth. It's written um, around 55 AD, and it's near the end of his ministry journey, if that interests you at all. And so if you're there, uh, chapter 12, verse 12 to 26 is what we're going to be reading. And we're just going to slowly break this down. But if you're wanting to zone out, um, play Pokemon on your phone, or um, I'm just going to give you the point now, um, because that's really the thing, right? My point of tonight is you are valuable, therefore you have a role in the church. You have a part to play. You are valuable, no matter what, no matter your history, no matter your part, no matter what you think about yourself, you are valuable, and you have a part to play in the church. Just before we get in here, I really don't want this to be a serving message. Lots of other people will do serving messages. Lots of other people will come and say, come and serve in kids or come and serve in youth or do this or do that. I don't want this to be a doing message. I want this to 
be a being message, to be a part of the church. If at the end of it you get convicted to start serving in somewhere, then great, good. That's God, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. But I want you to just put that in your mind. I'm not talking about doing. I'm talking about being. Because the church is an incredible place to be in. This church is an incredible place to be, to to build community, to do a whole lot of things. And I don't want us to start thinking for the moment it's all about doing. So have we got that? Is that clear? Great. So chapter 12, verse 12, uh, the first chapter, it says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. And so Paul's starting this illustration that we're going to, to read. And the illustration is that the church is a body. And the body has a whole lot of many parts. One, uh, one mistake or, or one error that the church, we all have to avoid at the outset, at the start of this, is that one thing we have to avoid that to be proud, that our part is more important than someone else's, or that my gift is more important than someone else's, or I'm just more awesome, or there's a hierarchy. So we've got to avoid being proud. And then the other one is on the flip side of that is we've got to avoid the thinking you've got nothing to offer. Because that is a complete lie. That's just as dangerous as being proud is because you can't give fully and, and play your part as a part of the body. So we can't be proud, but we also can't think we're useless because we all have a part to play And this is where value comes in, understanding that your best value is that diamond, not the false facade or else you'll become proud or not the dirt because then you'll become useless or you'll think you're useless. But in actual fact, knowing that you're a diamond, so you're playing your part of being. So it goes on. Verse 13, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and share the same spirit. You could rewrite this into this kind of day and age to be different races, uh, different employment, a whole lot of different things. But really, I want to talk to you about your different story. As you find yourself here tonight, with a different story to me. I want you to know, no matter what your story is, your story is valuable. Your story is part of what is is God doing a work within you. And if you haven't got to that point yet, God will do a work in you with you, and that's a part of your story. And because of that, you you are valuable. Your story is valuable. The church, the church should thrive in diversity. Diversity in church is a good thing. Diversity in the church is a good thing. This verse is saying no matter what race you come from, no matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, they were, they were opposites. No matter if you're slaves or free, the church should celebrate its diversity. The church should celebrate its differences because there's no problems with that because the thing that makes us the same and the only thing that should make us the same, the only thing that should bring unity 
is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And that's what it's saying here. No matter your story, no matter if you're black, white, no matter if you're an employer or an employee, no matter if you're something or something else. <laughs> I forgot. I had one in my head. It didn't really work. Um, but no matter where you come from, no matter what your story, no matter who you are, we are made to be, we are unified by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit in us. That's our unity. I have a really um, kind of sad story about this. And um, it's really hard. I, I kind of find weird talking about diversity because I'm a white male, if you did not recognize, um, to help you out. And so, unfortunately, I don't know your story, right? Uh, I can't tell you what it's like to, glo- to grow up um, as a minority. Um, I just don't have that story. I can tell you what it's like to grow up as a white kid in Christchurch and go to Gore and go to Hamilton. I can tell you about that, but I don't know your story. I don't know the challenges you've gone through, and and so I'm not going to try and make that up. But I'm going to tell you a story about something that I heard that really sad, uh, made me sad about the church. And uh, I believe that New Zealand is a really great place. My experiences are here, um, and especially the experience I'm about to tell you, uh, has made me appreciate New Zealand's diversity and how well we, we, we do compared with the rest of the world. And like I said, that's just my perspective. And I know New Zealand's still got race issues and, and all of that stuff, and I don't want to put a judgment out there about that at all. But I traveled to the United States of America um, about four years ago. And um, I was going to a conference at a church over there. It was fantastic. It was brilliant. The people were, were fantastic. And the, the church was quite diverse as well. So it's not a reflection on the church at all. They were fantastic. And this is not their thinking. But I was standing outside of the doors of this church. And it was all church leaders coming to this conference. And there was, I was about an hour early before the door opens because I really had nothing to do. Um, so I was there. And there was a group of young adults, probably like 23, 24 and they were just having a conversation. I didn't know them. I wasn't a part of the conversation. I literally had nothing to do, so I was just listening in on their conversation. Um, but they said something that really saddened me. Is they were talking about Justin Bieber. Just kind of back, back when he was like singing Baby. Anyway, but he was talking about Justin Bieber, and they were like, did, did you know he goes to church? And he's like, yeah, they go to some in-church. I'm not going to say the word here at church, but there's a, he goes to some in-church. And it really saddened me because uh, in New Zealand, the word gets thrown around occasionally, right? And, and most of the time it's a joke, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing or not. But my experiences with that word being used have only, um, if someone's used that, has only ever been as a joke, and usually it's not a white person saying it most of the time. And I'm not saying that's okay, but that's just been my experience, But then this word was put out in a derogatory way. This word was said in a way to isolate someone. And we're just talking about someone going to church. Completely unnecessary. And the fact is we need to celebrate that as a church. That was saddening me that there was a group of people separating the church into this group or that group. I'm like, man, you're missing the point. And so that was just one of my experiences. And I just say, as a church, we've got to be really careful that no matter people's story, no matter where they come from, no matter what they look like, 
um, not taking any judgments, that diversity is great for the church and our unity comes through God and His Holy Spirit. And uh, that's what that is saying here. So it, it goes on. And it's about, just before I go on, it's about seeing the diamond in people and not looking at the facade, asking God, well, God, let me show their diamond. Let me see their worth. Let me love people from the worth that's deep within them. So verse 14, it goes on. The body has many different parts and not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, it wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, who would, how would it hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell? Our bodies have many different parts and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if, uh, if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. I was reading one of the commentaries around this passage, and, and they said that it's alluding to more of the gift side of things. And so the church and you have got gifts on your life. And that gift and and who you are is unique. Your gift isn't any less or more important than anybody else's. Uh, We get tied in, uh, I guess, our thinking sometimes. We go, okay, the person on the stage, they're up here. Then the worship leaders are here. Sorry, Owen. And then the... um, You know, the testimonies here. And that's just rubbish. And then we go into the host teams here and... That is complete rubbish. The Bible clearly says no matter what you're doing, you're paying your part. You're just as valuable as anyone else. And the fact is, if you're thinking that way, there's probably some dirt that you need to clear out because a diamond, when you're living out of a place of being that diamond, it means that you're living out of a place of value. And you're not trying to get to a position or a role or to do something because you're going to attain that value when you get there. So when that lives out of a place of a diamond, no matter where they find themselves, their value is the service. Their value is being able to go, God, thank you so much for this gift. Thank you so much for my story. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you that I get to share that. That's the difference of be- between living out of a place of a diamond and a false facade. False facade is I'll get to that point and then someone will value me. Then people will think I'm awesome. Then I'll have purpose. And the word is just saying that that is incorrect. It goes on and, and with that same um, idea and, and talks, talks kind of a little bit about this in, in verse 22. In fact, in fact, some of the parts of the body seem weak and less important, but actually they are the most necessary. The parts that we regard as less honorable are those that we clothe with the greatest care. So we can carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while more honorable parts that do not require special care. So God has put together sorry, so God has put together the body is such that extra honor can be given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes harmony among the members, so that all of the members care for each other. 
If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, then all parts are glad. All of you together are the Christ body, so each of you is a part of it. I've been around, I've been involved for 10 years, and, and how I started is I came to a conference, and God um, said clearly to me, serve a day after school. And so um, I talked with my youth pastor at the time. Um, his name was James, and I said, look, I'm going to come in and, and spend a day after school um, helping out, just doing whatever. And so I came in, I started to come in a day a week and, and, and serving and helping out. And um, at the start, I can remember, I can't remember everything I did, but there's a few things I remember. One of them was uh, ringing his mechanic and finding out if his car was ready. Uh, another one I remember is he asked me to go set up chairs for youth that night. And so I went down and did it, and he came down like five minutes later and uh, in a really nice, polite way said, no, nah, it needs to be better than that. Um, it needs to be straight. It needs to be orderly. orderly. And, he, and he challenged me on quite a few levels, and I never look back now into ringing his mechanic or setting up chairs or anything. I never look back and go, man, that was dumb. I actually look back and go, man, I'm so thankful that, that that's where I started. I'm so thankful that, that he, he took the time to invest and to take me on a journey. And um, so that was where I started. And from there, my, my part um, changed. I began doing different things. I got different opportunities. But, <coughs> sorry. but my part back then was never any more valuable or any less valuable than it is now. And going forward... Just because I, I've resigned and going forward, my role and my part to play in the church isn't more or less valuable because I'm not on staff. Because we are all valuable, every single person. It might be different, it might be bigger, it might be smaller, whatever. That's cool. Whatever it is, is awesome. And, and that's my thing now, going looking forward. What, what's my part? What's my role going to be? But that's the question you might be asking as well is, is, are you really living in your role? Are you living in your part? I hear so often um, around like church conferences and a whole lot of things talking about how you need to be connected to the church. You need to be connected into the church. You need to serve. You need to do this. You need to be that. But you have to be a part of the body. And I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I completely agree. 100% agree. But I heard this the other week, which puts another spin on it. When you're not connected to the church, when you're not uh, a part of it, you're not playing your part, it's not you, just you that misses out. The church misses out. Because God has designed you to be a part of it. God has decide, uh, designed you with a story, with gifts and talents. And I'm not talking about a role. I'm talking about you just being here. There's characteristics of love, maybe it's of energy, maybe it's pastorally, that just when you are in a room, that you add to, you add to the body just by being here. It might be just a smile. I don't know what it is, but God has got gifts on your life. And, and when you isolate, when people isolate themselves from the church, the church loses something. Because God has got incredible plans and purpose for you, got incredible value in you.
One of the things I've seen um, a lot over my time and, and something that I actually love seeing is people that really understand the gifts, um, who they are and their value. And they understand it to a point where they don't need a position. And I can think of five or six people at this church that do this incredibly well is they don't have a position, they don't have a role, but they can come up and just speak to you and just encourage you, just love on you or, or share an encouragement. Um, others have just get, have an opportunity just to go serve and, and just see a need and they go fulfill it, even if it's just, you know, there's no toilet paper, they'll just go and do it. Being able to serve with or, or to be a part without having a position is an incredible blessing. And that's when you understand your true value. I know pastoral people that would just talk and just uplift you, just speak into your life and say incredible things. And it doesn't come out of position, but it comes out of them knowing the full value of who they are in Christ. And so that's my prayer. That's my hope that you get out of this message is you are valuable and you have a part to play. If you're um, convicted to go serve somewhere, to, to do something, that's cool. But you just being, you being here, you being in the environment and being all that God's created to you to be, means that you get the, you bring blessing to the church. You play your part and it will grow and it will change over time. But my hope is that every single person they would call themselves a Christian and Hamilton would be connected and playing a part because I honestly believe that if every single Christian, everyone that calls themselves a Christian really plays their part in church, the church would be one of, would grow and continue to grow being the most influential uh, force um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. But the church would grow and would just see, be seen as such a place of love, such a place of encouragement, a place that everyone wants to be. And they, they come into a place and they decide, man, I belong here because I've got a part to play. I can add to that. I can be a part of that. And if I could have the band back, that'd be real good. So I guess the question, are you playing your part? Or are you fitting into the two groups of there's a false facade you're serving or you're doing this just to obtain value or for people to think you're awesome or for, for this? Or on the other side, are you kind of at a place where you're like, man, I'm just a bit useless. I don't really have anything to give. And I just want to pray over you now, and um, you can respond in any way, shape, form. It's cool. Um, I'm going to pray over you. And I just love to see churches be a place where people can express all that they are. That they serve, they get involved in the doing, but just as much they live out of a place of that diamond, they can be a part. Their positivity can shine. Their pastoral can shine. Your service, serving can shine. Just who you are. 
that your innermost being, who God's created you to be, could really shine. So we want to like to bow the heads. I'm just going to pray for you. Dear Lord, Lord, I thank you for your church. Lord, I thank you that you died on that cross because you love everyone so much and you love your church. I thank you that you love us so, so much that you have gifted us with abilities. You've shaped our personalities. We've got a story in you, Lord, that adds to the body and doesn't take away. Lord, I pray for every single person that feels like they're useless, that they don't have a part to play. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them right now with your love and your grace all over their lives and showing them just how incredible value and valuable they are, that their diamond is here to shine, that their life is here to make a difference, that they can brighten someone's world up and Lord, that they add to the church and not take away. Lord, I pray for everybody that is maybe coming out of a false facade. Lord, they're they're doing stuff just to obtain value. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to be honest, to be real, and bring them to a place where they are truly just operating out of the love and the grace that you were shown. Lord, that they're operating from a place of acknowledgement, honoring you for what you're doing in their lives, honoring you for the gifts, and knowing that their true value comes from you and you alone. And so, Lord, I, I pray that just we walk out changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, lastly, I just want to give an opportunity if um, you're not, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. And quite simply, a Christian's like the, the word, but really it's about having a relationship with God, an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And, and we can do that because Jesus died on a cross for us. And if you're wanting to start that relationship or, or talk about it a little bit more, we've got a team, um, any of the guys on the front row here or come talk to myself, we'd love to start that journey with you. Uh, we'd love to answer your questions. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to um, have you invite Jesus into your life. And so um, if that's you, please come up and see us after the service, uh, after the gathering. And um, we'd love to, love to pray with you and do all that. Lastly, the baptism pool is full. Holla. Um, who would like to get wet? Okay, no one. All right, it's winter. Um, so the baptism pool is here and, and it's ready to go. And if you would like to be baptized tonight, um, I'll tell you what baptism is in a real shit, short second. <laughs> um, so close. But that was just a mumble. Um Baptism pool is open. Now, we do have one disclaimer that if you're under the age of 18, 16, 16, under the age of 16, that you do need to talk to your parents first. That is not because you need their permission. That is because we want to give your parents the opportunity to be here and experience and be a part of it, which I think is fair enough. But baptism is this awesome opportunity. It's this awesome thing that God instructs us to do in our relationship and our walk with Him. It's the decision to go public with your faith. At youth, um, 
oh, we do this, and, and so I'm going to do this. This is the criteria of, of getting baptized. Um, so put your hand up if you love Jesus. Like, like real high, so, little, like, so I can see them. Okay. And now, no, don't leave your hands up. This is really important. Leave your hands up. Okay. Put your hand down if you've been baptized. And then like all the people that like haven't been baptized, I'm just like, oh. If you're able to put your hand up and say, man, I love Jesus, that's a public declaration of faith. And that's what baptism is. And there's a whole lot of symbolic um, representation about dying to self. Um, uh, dying to sin and then coming back in your life and we'd love to talk with you more about that but I want to encourage you it's not super scary it's not saying you've got to wait until you're 25 and you're perfect because then you will never get baptized but if you're able just to say yep I love Jesus that is a prerequisite and being able to say that publicly and so um, we'd love for you to have the opportunity um, if you're keen you need to come tell us like ASAP um, or just like come up here. Um, but I'm going to hand it back to, to Muller. And uh, I really hope that it's one of my favorite things to do is baptize people. Um, and so if that's you, love to join with you um, or at least just start a conversation about what it's all about. That would be awesome too. All right. Thanks, church. Um, be blessed and uh, be a part of it. Look, uh, can you go give the chocolate to someone you trust and your trophy to someone you trust? Because we, no, no, we're not going to throw you in yet. But we are going to pray for you, so if you can come down. But I'm also going to, we're going to ask Erin to come up. And much like if I knew if I was standing up here and I asked Gabby to come up, she'd like, baby, what the hell are you doing? So Erin, if you could come join Luke up here, because uh, we would like to pray for you. You've uh, you served diligently, and we would like as a church to bless you on your way. Anybody who would like to come pray for Luke, please come on up. Scott, if you're still feeling quite hurt that he gave you an empty box of chocolates, okay, if you want to sit there. But um, yeah, so if uh, Aaron and Luke want to come down this way, and we just want to pray for you guys. And anybody else who wants to join us, please come up. gather around. We're family here. Let's gather around. Come on. Let's get as many hands on these guys as we can. One hand each. Father God, I thank you so much for this awesome couple, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the call that you have on both of their lives, Lord, and thank you that they are set apart uh, to glorify your name, Lord, and to, to bring you praise, Lord, everywhere they go, Lord. I thank you for the anointing uh, that, that Luke carries, Lord, and I I absolutely believe with all my heart, Lord, that you have bigger, better plans for him, Lord, and that uh, as he journeys this next season, Lord, into study, that you'll bless his hand, Lord, wherever he goes, whatever he says, uh, whatever he puts his hand to, Lord, you will be there with him. Lord, I thank you so much for, for all that, um, that both Aaron and Luke have contributed to the church, Lord, and we give that to you in Jesus' name, Lord. We pray that uh, in this new season, Lord, um, that you would just bring a refreshing, Lord, a new anointing, Lord. I, uh, earlier on in the week, I saw a shedding of skin, almost like a cicada, uh, leaving its shell behind. And I, I believe that's a prophetic word for you, Luke, that, um, that you will be shedding your skin 
Uh, you've left your mark here on not only the youth, but a lot of the adults here. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the message, for the, um, just for the knowledge that you've, you've brought uh, to this church through Luke, Lord. And as he goes from this place, oh Lord, I pray your blessing. I declare your blessing. I declare your favor, Lord. I declare new season. In Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we, we as a church, we commission Luke and Aaron now to go out and uh, take what they've learned here and go out and spread your love, Lord. Where they go, let you journey with them, Father. As they unite in marriage, Lord, let, them, let you be the center of that marriage. But Lord, bless them in whatever they do. Let them commit their finances to you, Lord, their household to you, their children in the future, and whatever they do, Father, let you be there with them and carry them through the tough times. Let them know your love. Let them know your peace, Lord. We pray that right now from head to the tongue. Father, we thank you for such a time as this, Lord. We thank you for a decade, Lord, of service. We thank you, Lord, for the story that Lucas shared this evening, Lord. How well, one evening, one, one afternoon, coming in a week, and how that week has developed, and Lord, ministry has expanded from that. Lives have changed and been transformed. And so, Father, we give you thanks for Luke and for Aaron. Father, we declare your blessing that makes rich and you add no sorrow to it. Lord, may your blessing rest on them. May your hand cover them and be over them. May your favor go ahead of them. So may the Lord cause his face to smile upon you and give you rest. So, Father, we release them with our blessing. And, Father, we thank you for the place that they have in this body. Father, thank you that they fit here. Thank you, Lord, that you're with them every step of the way. So we praise you for them, and we give you thanks too in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. Church, one of our values that's on the wall is purpose, so... um as we'd like, we're going to end the service there, but as the band looks like they, they want to run away, we're going to get them to, we'll end with a praise song. Um, let's bring the thunder. But before we do that, church, as you leave, as you exit the doors, on your left-hand side is the giving station. Let's be purpose with our giving. Other than that, uh, visitors, please remember that as you exit the back door to your right, there's a new people's area where a smiling face is promised to you. And also, if you're older than... 18 and in university you've learnt the value of coffee there is a free coffee card in the back that Pastor Ray makes a great coffee by the way but church uh, um, we're going we're gonna to leave it to the band have a blessed week and uh, where you go may Jesus go to so why don't we stand for one more one more song let's have some fun